When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? All right, so I'm sure you guys know Harry Styles is currently in the midst of a 15-show stint here in L.A. at the Kia Forum. But if you have tickets for tonight's show, it has been postponed to Sunday. No way. The venue, yeah, the venue announced the date change this morning on Instagram, citing an illness in the band and said that they're postponing the show out of an abundance of caution. But again, it's only being moved just to Sunday, so only an extra two days. So all previously purchased tickets will be honored for the rescheduled date and no other dates on the Love On Tour will be affected. So just like George and his son, Mateo, Harry's band not feeling good. So hopefully they're good to go by Sunday. And that's what you need to know. Yeah, man. Just poop, Harry. You'll be fine. That's good advice right there, Dad. (laughs) Yeah. You got anything you want to, any advice? I mean, what you tell Mateo versus what Harry Harry Styles might need to do? No, actually, Mateo was the one, you know, he he came to me, he said, Dad, I got to go potty. And I said, all right, bro, go. (laughs) I feel like that's a t-shirt, Cappy. Just poop. Just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just go, bro. <laughs> just go, bro. My, my daughter uh, saw Harry Styles on Halloween night, October 31st. That's Halloween. And I wanted to go, but I didn't get to go. I didn't get to go see Harry Styles. Mm. Her and her girlfriend went in costume. They were, um, what was the name of that show? Oh, Glee. And she was the uh, gym teacher with the red sweatsuit, you know? Anybody know mm. who I'm talking about? Yes, Sue. Yeah, that was my daughter in her Halloween costume. Cappy, I sent you the Victor Wimbanyana uh, play that's all over the internet today. Do you you want to take a quick look at it? Yeah, I would like to analyze it. I just put it in the. Uh, you want to analyze it, right, right? I need to. You know, I need to put the analyst. Do you want to give on. me a little play by play? Keep the music going. You want to give me a little play by play on Wimbanyana? Here's Wimbanyana. Oh my! Are you serious? Oh my goodness! This guy. Wow. How's that for play by play? I just described everything I said to myself. You know, first of all. The guy is 7-4. He's standing out beyond the three-point line. He's dribbling the ball back and forth between his legs like he's a six-foot point guard. Right. And uh, then, as like my guy Mark Jones likes to say when guys do that during the game, he's playing with his food. Yeah. And then off of his left foot, he goes up off one foot yeah. and elevates and drops a three. A one-legged three, kind of like Dirk Nowitzki. This guy. Yeah. How old is this kid? Like 19. Wembanyana. Wembanyama. Wembanyama. Yeah. Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. Wembanyama. You better learn that name because he's going to be real good. <laughs> I know. He needs a nickname like Greek Freak or Tua. He needs like a nickname so I don't have to ever say his name. You can just go French Freak for now. Maybe he'll go with that. But, you know, the Freak thing is already taken with, with, with Giannis. So I don't know if he wants to go Freak there. But This kid is good. He's incredible. He's the literal greatest prospect I've seen since LeBron, like, and he may be better than LeBron at that age. I mean, LeBron didn't have that that jumper, that's for sure, at that age. LeBron didn't really have a consistent jumper until probably like year seven or eight, like where he could just like hit it from anywhere. Yeah, and then when did he lose it? <laughs> I feel like he's had a rough season, but I don't know if he's lost it. I mean, he's still great. 
at certain things. It's just the shot's not dropping right now for LeBron. Okay, well. I mean, that last happens. game, that, that last game, he was bullying his way to the basket. Do that, dude. Yeah. The problem is that eventually that, that gets hard to do, harder and harder, if, you know, as the season goes on. Because people know that that's all you're going to do. So it's not as easy as you think. No, but his shot just wasn't dropping. I mean, so. you, you just sit there and be like, go oh, bulldoze everybody. That's right. Do it, man. You're bigger and stronger than everybody. So just bulldoze them other than other than that kid on, on New Orleans, man. You can't get by that guy, Zion, man. He's a monster. He is. He's in good shape. So. Uh, all right. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right. Big games this weekend in the mm. National Football League. The okay. NFL, right. Yes. So, we've got the Chargers going to the Falcons mm-hmm. at 10 a.m. We've got the Raiders again on the East Coast going to Jacksonville. Also and the early Rams, window. Yeah, and then the Rams and the Bucks. There's only two games in the late window. Seattle and Arizona. And the Rams and the Bucks, okay? And I, I mean, you can make the case that both the Rams and the Bucks need that game desperately. Totally. So I, I don't know how good the football will be between those two, but it certainly will be, uh, you know, one of those situations where the team that loses, if you didn't think they were done, they're definitely done, in my estimation, at that point. Well, maybe so, not. I, well, I guess the Rams would be in w- much worse shape because the. This, uh, what is it? The uh, NFC South kind of stinks, so I guess it didn't, wouldn't really be a huge deal for the Bucks, but it's not looking great. And Brady's already openly talking about the his personal stuff affecting him. So there's at least there's some of that where I, I feel like he's you know he's being honest about that, which obviously would have affected anybody. But I, I I don't think the Rams are winning this game. Like I think that the Bucks get right against the Rams because I don't see the Rams doing much of anything well these days. If the Rams lose and the Seahawks beat the Cardinals, mm-hmm. the Seahawks at that point would have six wins. Now the 49ers are off this weekend. Mm-hmm. But the Seahawks right now are the team leading division, and they've got a division game. Mm-hmm. And if they win this game, they'll have a commanding lead. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's still a lot of ball to be played. There's still a second half of the season coming up. The Rams are in complete desperation mode right now. But then again, so are the Buccaneers, who in four games at home this year are one and three. Mm-hmm. So the, the weirdest part about the Rams this week, though, George, is this whole Cam Akers story. Mm-hmm. Essentially sent home by the Rams, nobody talking, nobody explaining why, couldn't trade him at the deadline because what is he? Cam Akers right. is a kind of just a middle-of-the-road average, run-of-the-mill NFL running back. He's not proven to be exceptional or special. He's proven to be solid at times. But then what happened? Why would a team who rehabbed him last year and he was such a story to come back and make it back for the Super Bowl send him home before the trade deadline? And now they got to accept him back? They got like no offensive line. They got no running game. And now they've got this kind of weird vibe with this Cam Akers story. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Tom Brady is desperate. He got to win this game. Got to win a game at home. I mean, if his season is going to continue. And by the way, while we're talking about the Rams and the Bucs, don't forget about Atlanta, who's taking on the Chargers, as you point out in the early window, 
when West Coast teams don't usually perform as well on the East Coast, especially playing at 10 a.m., mm-hmm. the Falcons are 4-4. Four and four. And, yeah, they're, they're, and they've been in pretty much every game, except for one. They're, they're kind of a one of the surprise stories right now. And not like they're Seattle, 5-3, and three, but they're 4-4 four and four and they're in the mix. Yeah. So I don't think that the Chargers go to Atlanta and it's some pushover. If Atlanta were to win and the Rams were to win, all of a sudden Tom Brady's season is probably pretty much over. Yeah. Now you mentioned the Raiders as well. Yeah. By the way, I think the Chargers win in this game. Convincingly, they just sort of get by. What no, do you think? I don't think it. I mean, on the road, it's a hard. It, look, winning on the road is hard in the NFL, man. Like, I'm going to take so. Atlanta in this game. I think Atlanta's going to win this game. Uh, you, oh, you're going against the Chargers? What Does a that shot. surprise you? The, yeah. Really? That, yeah. You didn't think I had Honestly, I'm curious. See, I'm curious, most curious to see. Because look, the Rams, we kind of know what's going on there between those two teams. The Rams have had the Bucks number, but. So you would think they would be, if they were going to win a game, this would be it. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I just don't think the Rams do anything well. The Raiders, though, to me, after getting just mollywopped uh, in New Orleans. Mollywopped? Yeah. And, and I mean, think they, motorboated? No, mollywopped. Is that different? Yeah. I mean, sort of. No, definitely different than motorboated. <laughs> this guy's got motorboated, dude. Yeah, you're thinking boat raced, of course. But now nah, I've changed it. Yeah, Molly Wapped is like a beatdown. So. It's new to me. Anyway, so they got Molly Wapped. Mm-hmm. They only crossed the 50-yard line, I think. It wasn't until like the second half, maybe mm-hmm. even the fourth quarter, if I recall right. correctly. Mm-hmm. So the Raiders got embarrassed last week. Jacksonville is a team. Now, they've lost a lot of close games, but they're still a young team. This is, in essence, really Trevor Lawrence's rookie season because he's got like a real coach, not Urban Meyer, that fraud. And, um, you know, he, he's, you know, I mean, Urban Meyer's a good college coach, but in the NFL, get the hell out of here. I mean, that was a joke. But the the reality is this. Like, I think Jacksonville will be in the game. So the Raiders actually have to be ready to play this team. Like, they can't just think, oh, okay, you know, it's just Jacksonville. No, this isn't the same Jacksonville team from last year. Like, they're actually competitive. Yeah, I mean, they're they're 2-6. and six, But a few weeks ago, we definitely all thought they were being competitive. Um, when they went to the Chargers and beat the Chargers 38-10. to 10, Yeah. Uh, They're two LA. and six and have a pl- uh, uh, um, a plus point differential. <laughs> they have the best point differential in their division yet. Be- yet they're still two and six. My point is to- earlier, right? Like they they've lost a lot of tight games. They've lost five straight games at the Eagles. Okay, the Eagles are undefeated. Against right, the they Texans. lost that one. Okay, they lost the Eagles by eight. Mm-hmm. They lost the Texans by a score. So each a score, right? They lost to the Colts by a score, and they lost to the Giants by a score, and they lost to the Broncos by a score. So they've yeah, been they've, in every game. Yeah, they've just lost five straight. Right. Now they're home, and, they, and they're coming back from, I think it was England, where they, play, they played London uh, they against, played in London, against yeah. Denver. Yeah. yeah. And now they've got the Raiders. And yeah. frankly, I, I'm, I'm taking Jacksonville to win this game. I know wow. we'll do our picks later. Wow. But, I, but after what I saw from the Raiders last week, don't forget, I'm the guy that two weeks ago was like, don't give up on the Raiders. They're not yeah. done yet. Now you're giving up on them. Now I'm like, come on, forget about it. Yeah. Raiders. And I know, listen, to all of our Raider listeners out there, guys, it's not because I'm hating on your Raiders. It's because after what I saw last week, to lose I mean, that was 24 to nothing yeah. in the joke. NFL, 24 nothing? Joke. Come on. Joke. You went out and got Devontae Adams. Have you looked at his numbers this year? Yeah. I mean, Cooper Cup is like at 100%. And when I say 100%, I don't mean how I'm just talking about like 
comparing the two of them. And Devontae Adams is like 65% of Cooper Cup. That's not why you got Devontae Adams. No. But it's not Devontae Adams' fault, in my opinion. I'm just saying that they, they're not getting from him what they wanted to get from him. Correct. So I'm taking Jacksonville. Sorry, Raider wow. fans. Are you giving up not your sorry. picks already? No, I'm just telling you what's coming. I haven't told you where I'm going to place these, you know? Oh, I see. A lot of it's about scoring. You know, how confident are you? That's fair. That's fair. All right, Chris Jericho, is he calling us? Yes, he's calling us. In theory, Chris Jericho, next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah. Tonight is the night. That's right. All right. There you go. Yep. Tomorrow night, me and Chris in Boney's box. Cheering on the Trojans against the Cal Bears. Maybe celebrating an LAFC victory as the black and gold finish the job. From earlier in the day? Black and gold day, yeah. You wearing your black and gold today? I'm not looking at you. I'm not seeing you. I am wearing black and gold, yeah. You wearing the t-shirt that they sent you in the influencer box? Yeah. Me too. You wearing the uh, scarf? Not the scarf. It's not that. Oh, the scarf is so nice. Makes the back oh. of my neck so warm. Feels so good. Very I love how we played scarf. this song and said this will be us, and the song is like... Wanna make love to you, baby. <laughs> What's he trying to say? Oh, all right. Wait a there second. it is. Forget about that. Yeah, enough of that. Here comes Jericho. Chris Jericho's going to join us here. So the AEW's coming to Southern California here in LA. First time in 34 years, there'll be a wrestling event and a wrestling show at the Forum. It's pretty cool stuff. And the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Jericho, joins us here now on Sedano and Cap here on 710 ESPN in L.A. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate the time. Thanks, dude. Actually, you're kind of mistaken. We were just at the forum back at the beginning of June, and it was amazing. One of the best shows in AEW history, which is why we are excited to come back again in January. So uh, six months later... We're coming back to uh, to have another great time. In, oh, you know, dude, that's uh, that's totally great, my great. bad. Yeah, I apologize for that. I thought this was the first one, so my bad. But okay, so then I'll ask you. Considering it had been that long, it how was that like place the first to? Time, to- man. It, <laughs> it feels it feels like the very first time. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> what was it like to perform in a venue like that? Then in that situation. Well, that's the greatest thing about AEW is every time we 
play in a new market for the first time, it's just uh, nothing but excitement and it's uh, a lot of energy. And I mean, the forum, it's a, it's a, a very famous building that doesn't have a lot of wrestling in it. So um, for us to go there and we sold it out very quickly. So to be up on the wall with, you know, every single musical artist from the last 50 years that sold out, they write the name on the wall there and to have, you know, AEW next to the Rolling Stones and then and, Taylor and, and Swift and et cetera, et cetera, was pretty, pretty cool for us. Hey, Chris, where are you tonight? I am in Manchester, England. Okay. And um, did you and your band play this evening already? We we did. I just got off stage about half an hour ago, uh, just in time to come talk to you guys. So um, have you, like, I don't know, what's it like to come down from, from playing a rock show? How many people were there? How long did you guys play? Give us a little description on that. Well, we always do really good in, 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 in the UK. Fozzie's always had a strong fan base here. So we do about a thousand people or so, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less, but crowds are nuts. And so, yeah, it just, it's like anything else. You finish a wrestling match and you calm down after the, after the gig in the dressing room and same thing with rock and roll. I mean, it's not as glamorous as you would expect. It's not like there's hookers and blow everywhere or anything like that. You just kind of do your show. Shame, shame. You come back and you relax a bit, uh, uh, you know, have a drink and, and just kind of chill out. So the only thing about it is the same thing when you wrestle with AEW. If you're, you know, if our show finishes at 10, uh, if the Fozzie gig finishes at 10, 30, 11, I can't go to sleep right after. So I stay up until three or four in the morning a lot of times because, you know, there's a lot of adrenaline and your brain is moving. So being an entertainer, um, it's hard to wind down after the gig is done. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. But, uh, I mean, we have a hard time winding down after doing this show. I mean, we're nobody, so there's that. So. <laughs> right. Um, right. Three hours of talking nonsense, uh, yeah. and it's a hard thing to come down yeah. from. So, yeah. so let me ask you this. Now, Chris, I, I'm not trying to, like, butter you up, but, I mean, I, I you are one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Like, and it's funny to me because I read a story uh, or an excerpt, sorry, from your book uh, about a moment that we were just talking about before the show, which was your debut at WWE, you and The Rock, you know, having that promo with each other. And I remember it, you know, back in 1999, you know, I'm like 22 years old. I'm like, dude, that was awesome. But in your book, you were like, it really didn't go the way that you had expected. Um, what went wrong for those that didn't get a chance to read it? Nothing really went wrong. I'm just, I was just hard on myself. When you go back and watch, like there was a transition, right? Like in, in WCW and prior to, to going to WWE, my character was much more kind of slapstick comedy heel, you know? Mm-hmm. And in WWE, when you come in there to, to face The Rock, you can't really have that, that vibe to you. So it was just more of a transition of, of that didn't, it, it, to me, like, I, I like it. Obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a classic moment in Chris Jericho's career and in, in pro wrestling history, but there's always things I think any professional would say, you know, anybody that plays a football game or, or does a match or does a gig or whatever, or an actor, I wish I would have done this part just a little bit different, a little bit better. So I think it was just more of, of just a transition and growing pains of figuring out what to do to become a true top guy in WWF at the time when I really wasn't in, in WCW prior. So it, it's just kind of a learning experience, I think, more than anything. Let me have a quick follow-up on that. So the countdown is, I mean, clearly they had been playing that countdown forever, and everybody was like, whoa, what is going on here? And then eventually you, you come out. As that last countdown is coming on, you're behind the stage. What was the feeling like for you? Can you remember it? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it was kind of the my, my long-term goal when I got into wrestling was to get into the WWF. You know, that was 
That's what I wanted to do. I grew up in Winnipeg, Canada, so there wasn't any really any other type of wrestling other than what you saw with you know with WWF, with Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage and that sort of thing. So I knew after nine years because that's how long it took for me to get there, and I traveled the world and, and made a huge name for myself in Japan and Mexico and all these other places in the states. But I knew that I'd have like one shot. Like this is the big leagues, and you don't get a second chance, you know. And it's not like the powers that be probably had even seen me ever before in Japan or Mexico or wherever, ECW. So I knew that I had one chance to really knock it out of the park. And that's what I was thinking. I was, I was nervous, but not like terrified nervous, more like, all right, here's your chance. You think you can do this? Prove it to yourself. And that's kind of what the mindset was for me. And, you know, like I said, I went out there and it, it was a pretty classic moment. And even though there's always things that I, you know, wish I could have done better, I still think it was pretty it was pretty cool and it kind of set the tone right out of the gate for what it was that I wanted to do and what it was that I could do. But Chris, we're talking like 20 years ago. So what I want to hear about is how can someone do what you do until they are 51 years old, pushing 52 years old, and it's not just the wrestling itself, it's the training, the eating, the traveling and in your case, rock music, podcasting, I mean, what's the secret to the longevity? Um, I, I just think it's, it's one of those things. When I was a kid, I wanted to be in a rock and roll band, and I wanted to be a wrestler. Those are the two things that I wanted to do, and I never really thought twice about it. And there was always people that said, oh, you'll never do that, or how could you want to do that? And it, it just kind of made me laugh that people would care so much about what I wanted to do with my life. Like, kind of worry about your own thing, and let me figure it out. So once I kind of made it to a certain level – in wrestling and they made it to a certain level with Fozzie, then, then there's no limits. You, if you want to write a book, do it. You want to put on your own cruise, you want to do a podcast, you want to do a movie, you want to do, you know, host a show. Um, and I think as far as longevity in the wrestling business, I think AEW is a big reason for that. I think AEW is so exciting to me and so creatively fulfilling and so fresh and new that uh, it really did kind of re- reinvigorate my, my love for wrestling as it did for, you know, millions of fans uh, across the country. And it's interesting to me that I think 2022 has been a career year for Chris Jericho. Um, it's been definitely one of my best years in the ring, outside the ring. Um, so I, I think it's, it, it's kind of, it's, it's very symbiotic. If AEW didn't exist, I don't know if I'd be at the level that I'm at right now. And if I wasn't at the level that I'm at right now, I'm not sure if AEW would be as, as popular as we are. Me and, and a lot of other guys, but it really kind of took the pro wrestling world by storm when we started because no one really expected it. And it really was kind of a fresh new take on the tropes of what pro wrestling is. And AEW is returning here to LA on January 11th. Uh, You'll see Chris and company performing at the Kia forum. Uh, It'll be on TBS as well. So make sure you check that out. Um, And and on TNT, obviously as well, January 11th. And then uh, the next night on, on TNT. So let me ask you this. Um, in regards to just that transition to AEW, like Tony Khan, who's the, the founder uh, and the CEO of, of that company, you were the first guy that he went after. Like, wh- that had to feel kind of cool, no, right? Like, that this guy, like, he wants you to be the centerpiece of what this has become, which has become pretty awesome. Um, what, what was that like initially, like those conversations? Well, I mean, first of all, it was never the centerpiece. I mean, it definitely was one of the the building blocks, for sure, one of the foundations. But the thing is, it's funny, is that, you know, I've been wrestling at that point 27 years, 
And you've heard it all before. Oh, this guy's got money and he's going to put on a wrestling show. And you're like, whatever. I've seen this happen so many times. Do you realize how much money it costs to start a wrestling company? Do you realize how hard it is to find fresh, exciting talent that hasn't been around the block? Do you realize how hard it is to get a television deal with a major network? Tony Khan did realize that. And after talking with him, I thought, wow, like this actually might actually be something to this. Um, and that's kind of what really started attracting me to it. Because I wasn't even working in WWE at the time. I was, I was kind of um, splitting my time between Fozzie and working in Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that's why I was kind of like in a transition phase. If I was entrenched in WWE, I probably never would have even listened to Tony. But I went to Japan, found kind of a new sense of freedom and a level of stardom that I hadn't really had in years and realized I got a lot more in the tank that I could do here as Chris Jericho. Um, and that really appealed to me to start working with Tony because I knew if AEW was a success, we could change the course of wrestling history. If I went back to WWE, I'd be, you know, just another guy, another cog in the wheel, a big star, you know, a, a main event guy, but you're not really making a difference. With AEW, if it goes, if it clicks, if it gets a major television deal and becomes a thing, suddenly that's like kind of the ultimate feather in Chris Jericho's cap that has a lot of other feathers in it. So that appealed to me, taking a risk, taking a chance. Because when AEW started, no one knew what was going to happen. Right. Our first te- television contract was an ad rev share. If there was a commercial, you'd get a piece of that advertising revenue. And that got torn up after three months because our demos were so great. And that's when we started getting, you know, tens and hundreds of millions of dollars for, for the television show. So that happened very quickly. And that's where we realized we've got something special here that could really take off and be something. All right, Chris, you, you guys mean, were in, real quick, George, you guys were in Baltimore earlier, and um, you, you actually told Lamar Jackson that you might have to whip his ass. Right, well, when, but, that's what, but that's the guy I want to hear, because you, you're being very modest right now, Chris, there's no question, but I want Chris Jericho, the guy that said he'd kick Lamar Jackson's ass, to well, answer the question about being the guy that was first signed to AEW. Well, I mean, it's show business, right? So if I was out there, you know, you playing a character, now, the character is me, but I'm talking to you on a telephone from, I don't know, 4,000 miles away. If we were in front of 10,000 people at the Kia Forum or in Baltimore, you know, at, at, the, at, the, at the arena and Lamar Jackson's there, it's a whole different ball of wax. Well, that's, well, that's so, right, um, but that's what I want to ask you. So, so when you go to the Forum... And it's it's the middle of basketball season, and whose ass are you going to kick, football. Jericho? Right. Who, that's who, what we want to know. Who's right. ass? Who are you going to threaten? That's what I want to know. Well, here's my favorite thing: you act like I know every single uh, guy that plays. On no, you team. don't. But I'm going to. I'm, I'm Chris. Well, I'm going to tell you the guy to pick out. You ready? Oh, you ready for this, Chris? I'm ready. You pick LeBron James because he's the biggest star in sports. He's the biggest star in the world. He's in L.A. So you say, hey, and if LeBron James is around, I'll kick his ass. You pick on the biggest fish. <laughs> Gee, wow, I never would have thought of that. See, I you're good thing I'm here. Other guy that's got some kind of, of course you're going to pick on LeBron James. I went, <laughs> I go Google Jericho versus Shaq right now. You'll see me going uh, face-to-face with Shaq, which is actually more like uh, face-to-breadbasket. He was so tall. But, um, yeah, of course you go. And the thing with Lamar Jackson, which is great, is like, I know football, but I, I don't live in Baltimore, so I don't, I'm not very familiar with the Ravens, and Lamar was there earlier and asked to take a picture with me. He was a big fan of wrestling, a big fan of Chris Jericho. So when I saw him in the crowd, I said, like, oh, this is great. We're, we're friends now. We took a picture together. I can say this. 
and he'll get a, he'll you know he'll get a little laugh out of it. But no one else here knows that we just met ten ten minutes prior. <laughs> so they think, oh, Jericho's just you know he's gonna he's gonna call out uh, Lamar Jackson. And what it does is get tons of mainstream publicity for AW, tons of mainstream publicity for Lamar Jackson. Everybody wins, right? That's why you pick LeBron. So ba- basically, what he said is, you're not as smart as. Hold on. You, Wait, wait, hold on. What's that? Chris, hold on, Chris, real quick. Scott, basically he just said, you're not as smart as you think you are, dude. Like, no, he's the but, pro, you're not. But, but, but Chris Jericho said, hey, I don't know everybody on every team, so I'm just giving him a suggestion. But he knows LeBron James. He's not I don't crazy. Know. I don't know dummy. if Of course I know who LeBron, of course I know who LeBron James is. I got some, some, some hack on the radio in LA tell me to challenge LeBron James. Well, geez, who else would I challenge? It's the well, only guy I know. Well, I was hoping you would challenge you know, you me. I was hoping you would. Doctor J. No, no. I was hoping you would challenge, challenge me. No, me by name. I wanted you to challenge me. It's no. good for me. Just like you, you were saying, it's good for Lamar. It's good for you. It's good for AEW. I wanted it for for me. That's not a challenge, though. I mean, come on. That's I mean, like, exactly. like throwing a, that's like a like you know L- L- Lamar Jackson is like is like the giant uh, bowl of nachos that you challenge, and, and when a when a scrap falls on the floor, a little crumb of a nacho falls on the floor. That's what you get. That's there me. I'm go. a little crumb. I'm a little crumb of a nacho. I get it. I understand my place in this world, Chris Jericho. <laughs> There's a T-shirt for you, man. Crumb of a nacho. <laughs> I don't even know. You don't hold even on, know, hold on, bro. You you have no idea how hilarious that is. That that burn is because we make fun of him because he has a merch shop for himself and he steals everybody's uh, lines for T-shirts. So he will absolutely take that line you just gave him right. and crumb. actually sell it for his merch shop. Crumb of a nacho. That's right. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to now gift you, since we're now close personal friends, my insult of calling you the crumb of a nacho. You now go take that and uh, and put that on a T-shirt. Consider it done. It'll be done by be done by Monday. I'm going to send you a T-shirt. Here's what we're going to do. On January 11th, we're going to go over there and we're going to bring you the T-shirt. Yep, I'm bringing you one, a crumb of a nacho. Then you and me are going to take a picture backstage and we're going to be best friends. I would glad if you bring me the crumb of a nacho T-shirt. I would wear that with pride. Okay, fair enough. Great that's ex- that's exactly what we're going to do, Chris Jericho. We will hold you to that, uh, Chris <laughs> Jericho and company at the AEW. They come for Dynamite on uh, on Wednesday, January 11th, and of course they'll ha- be on TNT for Rampage, which airs every Friday, 10 to 11 Eastern, uh, seven o'clock. Uh, here on the West Coast, and of course the rear as well on TNT, so you can catch it at 10 as well. But uh, make sure you check it out. Get out there. Uh, tickets on you, sale Jericho. now at AEWTix.com. That's AEWTix.com. Jericho, I know it's got to be super freaking late. It's got to be like 11 o'clock over there. So thank you for doing this, man. We appreciate it. You're welcome, man. Crumb of a nacho, and that's not even with any salsa. You don't even deserve any salsa. <laughs> you got to work your way up to get a crumb of salsa on the crumb of a nacho. We'll see you January 11th at the Forum, and I expect my T-shirt. I wear a large. All right. We'll be there. See you, Chris. Now, on this T-shirt, George, mm. there's going to be a Sedano and Cap on this T-shirt, and here's what we need from from him. You ready? Yeah. What's that? He needs to wear it in the ring, Yeah. and when he goes out there and he says, I'm looking for LeBron James, I'm going to whip his ass, just yeah. the same way he said about Lamar. Yeah. Okay? He's got to be wearing a crumb of a nacho Sedano and Cap T-shirt. So front of it, crumb of a nacho. Back yeah. of it, Sedano and Cap 710 ESPN. It is on January 11th. Book it. We're there. We're going. Lindsay, you got to get us tickets. She's already. It's done. It's done. It's already oh, done. Okay. This we're whole going. Thing was done. We did <laughs> all of this. Yeah, we're we did going. All of this without you. We didn't need Cappy, you. For that. We did all this. It's yes. like he knows you. 
Oh my God! When he said that, it could not have been better. Honestly, yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> I call was writing out back here. Call me a radio hack in phrase, L.A. Right, and then he used the phrase "close personal friend," and I was just like, "What? What? He must yeah. know him." Right. When he said the T-shirt thing, well, the and and he 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 played into the bit when I said to you, I said, "What do you think? You're, you're you're giving him something he doesn't understand. What's wrong with you?" And then he that's it. Once that he heard that, he heard me and you doing our usual bickering. He he went in. That's yeah. why he's a pros pro. Well, the thing is, is you were like, "Hey, man, you're being kind of modest about this whole thing." And he's like, "Yeah, because right. I'm not in character right now." But then all of a sudden, you and me started to pull it out of him. Yeah, you know. And then the next thing you know, he's talking about not deserving salsa. You know. Yeah. There you go. We're good, Sedano. We're good. Go get the shirt. We're, we're taking it. We're going January 11th to the forum. Done deal. It's a done deal. We should take Michael with us, too. Where are the Lakers that day? Actually, let's go. We got a break. We were late. Well, wait. Where are the Lakers that day? Let's just look right now. We might as well. We have already, we're already four and a half minutes past. So where are the Lakers that day? Let me look at their schedule real quick. Hold on. Because if my, uh, Michael will absolutely come with us. I don't think there's any question about it. Hold on. Lakers schedule. Where are they? Are they here or are they at? On the road. Back They're at home. That point. They're home. Let me see. January 11th, the 12th. Yeah, they at no, they're at Denver the night. Oh, yeah, they're home the next day. So they are home because they got a down. They, they're, they're on the road in Denver on the 9th, but they're back on the 10th. And yeah, the 11th, they'll be here. Tell Michael we're going with him. What time's the show start? Do we, do we know what time the wrestling show starts? Because we may have to broadcast from the forum. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, it starts at four. So now we got to broadcast from the forum. Yeah, we'll yeah, out. yeah, we're gonna have to figure that out. So uh, if you're listening right now, management team, we're gonna have to figure that out. Tommy, if you're listening, it's probably not. It's a Friday, um, but uh, make it happen. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. Nobody's listening to this show right now because it's a Friday, except me and you, me yeah. and you, buddy, and Chris we're Jericho. There awesome. you go. Uh... There it is. All right, let's take a break. Radio Tinder abbreviated version next. Thanks to Chris Jericho for joining us there. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks, Christopher. By the way, uh, Chris Jericho was, uh, it was past midnight in, uh, in London where he was. Good job. Like for, what I thought see, that was really cool is that he came off stage and he's, he's like chilling out. Guy just performed a heavy metal rock concert to a thousand people. He's jamming like a maniac for 90 minutes. And now he's on the radio with us chilling. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Crumb cool. of a nacho. That should be a new hashtag. Yeah, I've already seen a lot of people in the circle of trust that are saying that they've uh, trademarked it already, but I don't care, man. Oh, I'm, I'm, it, it's all right. I'm pirating it and I'm making t-shirts. <laughs> He's letting you have it, which is amazing. 
I'm saying that people are already trademarking it in the circle of trust. You guys can trademark it all you want. I'm still stealing it, and I'm putting it on a T-shirt. Oh, Crypto Ray, if you go into the <laughs> circle of trust, it. he just tweeted a picture of a bull, <laughs> and he, he wrote, I see you, Cappy, hashtag crumb of a nacho, and he circled the smallest little crumb of a nacho. Dude, this was, this was great. Getting Jericho on today was awesome. And uh, and getting Great him job, to Lindsay. getting yeah. him to kind of pull out, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because he was very serious at the beginning, yeah, right. and then we—that's why I'm I'm glad. Like, I just like challenged him to just like, yo, come on, you're being too modest here. Stop. Tell well, you right got, now, like all the the good, you know, the good career stuff. Although, yeah, yeah, no, it was to, a good balance. Then, yeah, it was yeah, a good balance. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was only a matter. It was only a matter of time when everybody became a wrestler, including us. Yeah, right. No yeah. salsa for you, Cap. Yeah, right. you don't even deserve the salsa. Dude, he's getting he's getting the t-shirt. He's going to wear it in the ring. It's going to say Sedano and Cap 710 ESPN on the back, and we're going to get a ton of national and international publicity, and as he said, good for everybody. Yeah, there you go. All right, Linz, go ahead. All right, so Daylight Savings Time is coming to an end this weekend. I didn't even realize this until I think yesterday when I saw somebody tweeting about it. So yes, um, you're gonna it's gonna be time for you to change your clocks and your smoke detector batteries and all that kind of stuff. So it officially ends at 2 a.m. on Sunday, so the clocks will jump back to 1 a.m. and you'll get an extra hour of sleep. Daylight savings time started in the U.S. back in the early 1800s, and it still sparks debate every time we move our clocks back or forward. Would you be in favor of ending daylight savings times and leaving the clocks the same year round? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano. No, I want daylight savings all the time, but I guess then the problem is in certain parts of the country, it wouldn't be like daylight to like nine in the morning. And, and that's the problem. Like, I mean, here in L.A. we'd be fine. But like if you live in like the Pacific Northwest or like Minnesota or something like that, you're in trouble. Yeah, I don't know anything about the Pacific Northwest or Minnesota. Here's what I do know is that I just want it to stay light out until like 730 because right now it's 541 p.m. And it, the sun is setting. It's going down. And by like 6.15, it's going to be pitch black. This morning, it, it takes until like 7 something in the morning for the sun to come up. So I would like it to be lighter later, however we have to manipulate the clocks. Well, I think that eventually we're not going to have to do anything to the clocks. Eventually. Well, didn't we vote on this to stop yeah, doing and, this? And then, yeah, and then they just they like went back on it. This has happened multiple times. This has been going on for years, and I think that we just need to stop. Stop changing the clocks. It's ridiculous. All right, so next one. We've all been talking about the lottery lately and what we do if we won the now $1.6 billion Powerball jackpot. Well, a recent lottery winner in China, like many people, wanted to remain anonymous when he claimed his $30 million prize. And by remaining anonymous, the man, who only identified as Lee, is not even telling his family he won. Nice. He even wore a disguise and stayed in a hotel in the city before claiming his prize, so nobody knew where he was going. He told lottery officials, quote, I have not told my wife or children. I'm concerned that they might feel superior to other people and will not work or study hard in the future. Um, if you guys won the lotto, would you let everybody know? Swipe left or swipe right, Kepi? I mean, wait, before, can I just go? I literally told you that if I, if I happen to be in Arizona, uh, like the next time I'm there for a game and I win... I'll show up to work and not tell you bleepers because it could be anonymous. Well, what if you won in California, though? Would you do all those like crazy things? Interviews and stuff? Hell it? no. I'd be we, in we, Fiji in like two days. <laughs> but this guy like did the interviews and took the picture with the giant check. No, hell costume. no. Hell yeah. Hell, no. hell yeah. 
That's Cappy for sure. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I'm uh, listen, not only am I telling everybody and I'm not worried about whether or not my kids are going to work hard. Um here's money kids, enjoy it. And uh, and let's establish some businesses and uh, let's get you doing something fun that uh this money is going to give you. So, I'm telling everybody, all my favorite charities, I'm telling them all. I'm finally able to really write the kinds of checks I want to write. But why do you you can do all that without telling everybody? I don't need to be anonymous. I don't care. I think anonymous is cliche nowadays. No way. He Not wants me, to be known. Yeah, I want to be known. And and I want to make the tour on all the different shows. You know, I want to be yep. a, a guest. Well, on, no, there it is. Yeah, That's yep. what it I is. Be, yep. I want to be he on wants Kelly to be and the Ryan. famous guy. That's, yeah. all, this is always what it boils down yeah. to. With I want to be on Kelly and Ryan. I might even buy my own late night talk show. I might fire Jimmy Kimmel and hire myself. The okay. Cappy Cast? Right. Late night with the Cappy oh, Cast? Oh, man. Right. <laughs> Cappy Jimmy Cast Kimmel at night? Yep, Jimmy Kimmel, I may be coming for your gig, man. If I win the $1.6 billion, I'm buying your show, and I'm becoming Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Mm. I heard Vince Vaughn is a big fan of the station, so you never know. Maybe maybe Vince Vaughn be, and I will work together. Guest? Maybe yeah. I'll be an executive producer on a new uh, Vince Vaughn joint. Yeah, I heard uh, I heard from a reliable source he's a big fan of the station. So. Doesn't surprise me at all. He's always a big sports guy, yeah. So A Vince Vaughn joint, you say. That's right. That's what cool people say. Okay. When we talk right. about movies. Are we done, Lindsay? Well, we, we got should, one yeah, more. we should be done because we got to do our picks next. Oh, got okay. to. Got to. Can't live without doing our picks. Yeah. All right. Picks against the spread. And if we got time, maybe we'll do a... If, if we end early, which we never do. Um, <laughs> Good we, luck. We could, uh, we could sneak in whatever you didn't get <laughs> it. the two um, of us. Because we only have one more segment to go before Lakers basketball would sleep. I love Ralph Macchio. Do you watch the uh, Karate Kid uh, reboot, the Cobra Kai no. thing? No, I don't. I don't either, to be honest with you. I know you probably should because I love Karate Kid. I but really I've never love seen the it. It's four seasons, I think, already. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm so far behind. Well, you never, never watch anything anyway. So. No, no, I did. I just got done watching Dahmer. I felt really guilty about it, but I watched the whole episode, all, all 10 episodes. Yeah. Still haven't seen the last two episodes of Legacy yet. Mm-hmm. Still haven't seen the last two episodes of Ted Lasso either. Yeah. You haven't seen the last two mm-hmm. episodes of a lot of things. Facts. I'm kind of surprised you didn't. Uh, you haven't seen. Uh, I'm kind of surprised you've seen like anything. To be honest with you, I'm surprised you saw Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon or whatever. House of the Dragon was great. Yeah. Loved it. So you got to see Dahmer. I do. I. All right, we're on a time crunch here. Let's get into this. All right, picks All right. against the spread. First game on tap: Chargers at Falcons. Chargers three point favorites on the road, going to the East Coast for a 10 a.m. kick. What do you got, Cappy? Well, I mean, we know what you got, but go. right, you know, I'm taking the Falcons. Yeah. And I'm feeling really good about it as well. Mm-hmm. Really good about it. Falcons, okay. five. Wow. Oh, yeah? Well, you know what I'm going to do? Tell me. Chargers, five. How about that? Nice. Linz, what do you got? I'm also going Chargers, but I'm only doing a one. You're not. You're, you're, less affra- you're way more afraid than we are. Yeah, very. Yeah. Laura. I'm going to take the Falcons, and that's my two. Okay. All right. Uh, next, Bills at Jets. Buffalo, 11.5 point favorite. Cappy, go. Jets, one. I'm taking the Jets. That's my four. I think oh. the Jets are playing much better, dude. Like, they're for, they're like not a pushover. Um, and they play well at home, I feel like. And they got embarrassed against New England. So I like them in a little bounce back. Um, Lindsay. I agree, but I think that's a bit of a, a large spread. So I'm picking the Bills and I'm making that my four. All right. Do you thinking- think it's a large spread? So you're going to take the Bills? Yeah. Okay. All right. You know they got to cover the 11 and a half. They got to win by 12 or more, right? 
Yeah, I think that. Right. Okay, you think they're going to Okay, Blowout City? All right, go ahead. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Laura. I'm taking the Jets, and that's my one. Mmm. 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 All right, next game. Raiders at Jags. The Jags are two-point home dogs. The Raiders... The Raiders are... Man, wow. The Raiders are favored on the road. You always uh, say that you love a road dog. I do love a road dog. Road dog. Except I took the Chargers as my five. Although I, <laughs> Although I did take the Jets as a road dog. Big road dog. Aren't Biggest the Jags road dog are home dog. Jags are home dog. Um, I'm gonna take the Jags. That's my three. Hmm. All right, just because you just you took the Jaguars and I want to win this week. Yeah, I'm taking the Raiders and that's my three. Oh, so you flipped? You yep. flipped the script? Flipped it? Flipped it? Okay, flipped right. it on you. All right, uh, Linz. Uh, I'm going to go Raiders 5. Still, they, they can still you know. It's wow. done me well so far, except for one week. Okay. Uh, Lauda. I believe I took the two with the Falcons, so I'm going to take the Jags with my, as my three. Okay. Just like me. Uh, Rams at Bucks. Bucks, three-point favorites. I'm taking the Bucks, and that's my two. What do I have left, Lindsay? Do you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, Yeah, you've got <laughs> your two and your four left, Kathy. Okay. I'll take the Bucks, and that's my two. Same. I got it already written down here. Louder? I mean, come on, Rams five. Oh yeah, there you go, girl. Yeah, you Keep know. it consistent. Yep. Even though it's not been good for you. I know. Uh, Titans at Chiefs. Chiefs twelve and a half point favorites at home. Big big spread. I'm going to take the Chiefs, and that's my one. Cappy. I'm going to take the Titans, and that's my four. Ooh, Lindsay. I'm also taking the Chiefs, and I only have three left, so that's what I'm going with. And Louder. I'm going to take the Titans, and damn, Cappy, we're on the same one. That's my four. Ooh, we're going to win. Yeah. Uh, Clinton Yates, uh, the aforementioned TV's Clinton Yates, uh, the president, president of the, the Handsome Man, Man community, right. uh, is on the phone with us. Local are chapter, you, just by the way, are, local are, chapter. Are, are you calling to uh, revel at Chris Jericho calling Scott Kaplan a crumb of a nacho? No, no, that's a good bit, though. I mean, Jericho, listen, anything that any human on the level of Chris Jericho says about anybody at the station, I think we just take it as a compliment and keep it moving. Oh, you know what Clinton. I'm saying? Like, oh, I took it as a compliment 100%. A he called and me he, a hack. And here he called him at this because, of course, Cappy's like, you called out Lamar Jackson. When you come to L.A., you should call out LeBron James. I'm like, what? You, you act like he doesn't know Not who LeBron James yeah, he's like, he's like, okay, of course I'm going to call out LeBron James. He's he's the biggest star right. in sport. So then, like, I'm like, he, Cappy, really he basically says you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And then that's when he called him a hack. And he said, you're not even a crumb of a nacho. And then um, what else Bro. did he say? Oh, and then I'm he said, Houston. I'm in Houston, Texas right now. Crumbs of nachos are delicious. <laughs> yeah. point but here's Texas. the funniest part, right. Clinton. Without knowing the yes. bit about Cappy and the T-shirts, he said, and you can print that on a T-shirt. So then we explained wow. it to him that he's, he's got his own merch store, and he said, you can have it. Go print it. And then, Cappy, what did you say? I said, not only am I going to print it, but I'm going to show up on January 11th at the forum, and I'm going to bring it to you. And he's like, you better bring it down to me. So now, me and Chris Jericho are on the verge of becoming best friends, Clinton. I mean, I don't know about that, but I we're going to the forum. I would, yeah. I would call that a solid tag team takedown in the squared circle is what that is what I would call that. Yeah. I so called for wanna, a reason though. Yeah. So the reason want, I called. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say if you want to come to the I, forum with us on January 11th, you're more than welcome. Love to have you. We'll wear rompers. Okay, that's that's in play. That's in play. That's in play. The reason I called though is because you know the NBA is a disaster as we know, George and Cappy. I've heard you getting upset about a lot of things. I want to explain something very quickly to a lot of people. 
which is that Kyrie's particular brand of nonsense is in fact something that unfortunately is very, very common in the black community in the way of, I'm going to explain now, in the fringe radicalist barbershop jerk way. All of the stuff that he's putting out there, he doesn't understand that crap. There are human beings that have been doing and talking about this kind of nonsense forever who have no clue what they're talking about. It's completely culturally disassociated from most things that actual smart people understand. And ultimately, that's my biggest problem with a lot of this. We know that this is wrong. We know that this is hateful. But the fact that this kind of middle school, lunchroom level foolishness has taken over the NBA, George, is stunning and annoying to me on a level that I, I just as a grown man in America is hard for me to deal with. I cannot believe that the Nets have let this guy get this far on this level of immaturity and full. It's just, it's bad. Bad news. That was a great rant. And it, it timed out perfectly, George, because we're like now T minus 30 seconds and we're off into the okay, weekend and we're fine. off into Lakers basketball. That's fine. I just, I just wanted to drop that. So that's all. It's like dropping your joint. You know what I mean? Like an album or. Or like a movie. That was awesome, Clinton. Like a, like, like a mixtape. Well, all right, goodbye, guys. All right, see you. Enjoy the game. Much uh, love. All right, we're, we're done here, actually. We got to go. We're, we have 20 seconds. So, Cappy, yeah. get to printing the shirt, you crumb oh, of a nacho without dude, any it's salsa. On. It's yeah. on. Yeah. Um, great job, Linz. Great job, Laura. Uh, Slee. Yeah, the pregame. Lakers basketball. Lakers jazz. Coming up next. Get ready. Big victory coming tonight. Slee said by nine. Lakers by nine. So we'll see if Slee continues to do what he does, which is nail it next.